It's Tuesday, November 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Mike Olson, and from Fool.com, Taylor Muckerman. Good to see you guys. You as well. It is wonderful to see him. It is uh, good, Mike, that you're sitting between me and Taylor because as I am a New England Patriots fan and he is a Carolina Panthers fan in the wake of the controversial yeah, what an ending, ending to the Monday night football game. I, frankly, I'm, I'm likely to take a swing it's, at You wanted one more play, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just want the refs to do their job. That's Fair all. Enough. That's yeah, all I, I want. I couldn't but, be more ambivalent on this. So I'm the perfect third party. I, I think you're speaking for most of our listeners. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's continue with earnings palooza. We got the latest from Campbell's Soup, Best Buy. Let's start with Home Depot, though. Third quarter profit up 43 percent. Same store sales were up. Mm-hmm. Average ticket was up. Did anything go wrong for Home Depot? Was there any downside? I mean, I'm not looking to be a pessimist here, but it seems like yet another quarter where Home Depot just kind of crushed it. Yeah, you know, this turnaround has been particularly impressive under Frank Frank Blake, where they've really streamlined their store footprint. They've focused on doing what they can very well. Uh, That being said, I mean, you, you really, I think, zeroed in on what is the most salient point, which is that I, I don't know how much more juice there is left in this. Um, I was looking at the results this morning, and one thing that is particularly interesting is that customer visits, ticket size, and per-store profitability are approaching 2006 levels. Now, Are you, are you using this to predict another housing I, bubble? I, I'm not predicting <laughs> another housing bubble. We're definitely not there. But to me, that's sort of a watchword. Now, if you look at the GDP data and look at what uh, private fixed investment in residential properties is as a percentage of GDP. Let's this, assume that I haven't. Okay, so let's assume you haven't. <laughs> but there, there definitely is some room to run in terms of that growth story. That being said, you know the stock is selling at twenty times earnings. I just have a hard time getting excited when you have the world's largest home improvement retailer selling at twenty times earnings. I agree. I mean, you look at what they've been able to do, a lot of remodeling going on, the wealth effect of the rising stock market, rising home prices. Uh, you saw home prices again up double digits in September over the year ago, September. So uh, people are really feeling positive about, uh, I guess, their bank accounts and not their real wealth, but you know, if they sold their homes and their stocks, they would have much more uh, disposable income than they would have last year. So I agree the run might be slowing, but now you have some tailwinds, unfortunately, in the form of Midwest storms that pretty that ravaged the country yeah. uh, pretty badly over the last couple of weeks. So that could be a, a strong point moving into the fourth quarter for the company, obviously not for the people involved. But, um, you know, Lowe's reports tomorrow, so we'll see if uh, if this is a Home Depot-specific thing or if it's industry-wide. My guess is that it is industry-wide. Um, existing home sales are down, uh, not growing as quickly as they have been in the middle of the year, and new sales along the same line. So this is a lot of people getting in there, fixing up their own homes while they feel that they have the income to do it. I was just going to say, when you think about Lowe's, uh, that stock has actually performed better than Home Depot has mm-hmm. year-to-date. Um, is this a, a, a Coke and Pepsi thing? It seems like it seems like it is, but I guess we'll find out in 24 I, you hours. Know, I, think, I think there's one thing to note there, which is that when you're considering the orientation of these respective parties, Home Depot has historically sort of catered to more of a, a contractor market, mm-hmm. whereas Lowe's, you know, if you're talking about folks doing exactly what Taylor is saying, improving, doing improvements on their houses, kind of a DIY type of deal, they have appealed to that customer because their stores are just a little bit more warm and friendly. Yeah, I agree. 
And then you look at Jimmy Johnson, obviously a great brand opportunity with him. Number six of the chase, he won a, won the championship on Sunday. So is he a Lowe's guy or a Home Depot? He's guy? Lowe's guy. Okay, so, yeah, I was I'm, excited about that. Yeah, I I <laughs> I'm, uh, only know about it because uh, my hometown is Race City, USA, Mooresville, North Carolina. So. <laughs> Game on. Wow. Game on. I, yeah. I don't even know what the nickname of my hometown is, but I'm sure yeah. it's not Race City USA. <laughs> uh, Campbell's Soup. Quarterly profits came in well below estimates. Uh, shares trading down this morning. Taylor, you were looking at this one. Is it just the warm weather? People are people are going to buy more soup in the winter? I don't know. What's going on here? I think that's what they're hoping for. Um, I, you know, This is just an age-old brand, and I think that they're struggling to find a new way to market uh, something as simple as soup to consumers right now. They're trying bag soup to apply to the millennials. Uh, it seems kind of strange to me. I'm not really going to try and eat bag soup Wait out a of a bag. Bag soup? Is that like a, a soup version of juice pouches for kids? Yeah, apparently so. So I haven't seen any in the stores, but I was talking to people this morning that have, and they say it's a very messy uh, way to eat soup, which I can understand. Yeah. Um, I seem. I to don't l- understand. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to understand the mechanics of this, yeah. where you basically have a bag and you're trying to spoon it out of there or do you have like a straw no 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 it's just i think it's a spoon or you could pour it out of the bag into a bowl if you if you have a bowl at your disposal so I don't it's, trust it. it's basically in the shape of a capri sun where you have the wide base in the triangular form to a narrow top you supposedly are able to rip the top off but i've heard people say that you need scissors so they're struggling there to rebrand a little bit. Uh, other competitors are using the Tetra Packs, the boxes that you can yeah. uh, screw the lid back on and save for later. Or maybe there's more uh, more quantity, so more servings per pouch uh, with their competitors. And I just think they have too many flavors. You look at the store shelves in the soup aisle, it's more compact and more broad than the cereal aisle. So I think there's a lot of competition. And uh, their marketing budgets are up 14% and sales are down 6%. So you see the two there going in opposite directions, margins contracting. Uh, It's just struggling right now. This strikes me as one of those businesses sort of along the same lines as Coca-Cola where distribution maybe isn't everything, Mm -hmm. but is, is a big piece of the puzzle here. And when I hear things like marketing expenses going up yeah. and sales down, that makes me think that at least one of the problems they have to be wrestling with is distribution. Yeah, they said inventory is a big problem for them right now. Uh, so I'm not too, I haven't seen too much about their distribution, but I can imagine that um, with sales down like that, yeah, you'd imagine it's playing a big role. Yeah, so... You know, on the one hand, this exactly what you say. This is a business that I want to love. You know, they have a dominant brand, make exceedingly high returns on capital. Their operating margins are excellent. And this has been, a, I mean, for decades, this has been a pretty reliable stock. Yeah, you, right. You know, and, and so you, you want to say, look, you know, they have incredible clout from a distribution standpoint, economies of scale. They have the cash to go ahead and market. What's not to like? And then on the other hand, I can't help but wonder if they're fighting the tide. You know, on the one hand, you know, when you look at upper income folks, you have a shift to fresh produce, healthy preservative free diets, you know, and so on. And then when you look at the lower income end of the spectrum, Campbell's is competing against private label brands. And I don't understand why I'm going to pay a markup on Campbell's soup when, you know, in all likelihood, these things taste the same. And I think that shows up in the results. You know, you've got volumes down 6% in soup. <laughs> <laughs> and operating profits down 23%. And so, you know, I, I just I don't understand how you lose that much share in soup in a given quarter. And so I'm just, 
you know, this is something I want to get excited about, but I just can't. To Mike's point, it sounds like one of the problems they're dealing with is sort of that middle of the road. Mm -hmm. They're not on the high end. They're not the cheapest option on the grocery aisle. And so, therefore, they can be cut out, despite the fact that at least in the grocery stores I go to, they are – you go down that soup aisle – they are by far the most dominant brand. Oh, yeah. You see maybe are, Progresso, but They are the really... biggest brand. They take up the most shelf space. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you went in there and you were like, oh, I need some soup? I, I, you I, know, I, I, got, I got kids. So, you know, yeah, yeah, Campbell enough. Soup mm-hmm. is, is pretty convenient. But, and it's a they known brand. And, and uh, you know, there, there are those basic options. So it's, a, it's an easy purchase for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, and by easy, I mean it's a no-brainer. Uh, part of it, frankly, as a parent, mm-hmm. maybe more than you want to know, is just like, is this something my kids are going to eat? Sure, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. just don't want, you know, any parent can understand that. You don't want to have that battle with your kids. So it's it's easy to, to pull off on that regard. But I don't know. Sorry, Campbell's uh, soup shareholders. I, I'm doing my part. But I mean, but some of the flavors <laughs> they're coming out with, I mean, I think their product selection is just too wide. I mean, they're just got to be crushed on some of these uh products that just aren't being sold because the flavors are just uh, not appealing to a broad enough base to where they can drive sales from them. Uh, but the one bright spot is their is their snack foods. You saw um, that up. Uh, the only segment that was up in the quarter, Pepperidge Farms is one of their snack food brands. So mm-hmm. all those little sausages that they sell and whatnot. I love uh, but me that's some been, Milano cookies. Yeah there, yeah, there you go. And snacking in the United States apparently has been a strong, strong suit for many companies with Pepsi up 5% in their latest quarter with the snack brands. The only thing that's doing really well for them as well. We had talked about this on a recent market foolery that for all of the talk of the organic market and how it's growing, and it is, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that is a real thing. People should not think for one second that that means that the snack industry is being hurt. No, Quite no, no, the opposite. Not at all. Snacking is up. Uh, overall snacking, when you look at surveys, at, at how many people are snacking and how often they are snacking, mm-hmm. that's on the rise too. So, but apparently, soup is not part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, before our last story, once again, I should mention uh, Investor Beat, our daily market wrap video show on Wednesday. We will be coming to you from our new studios in New York City. Uh, I'll be sitting down with Motley Fool co-founder and CEO Tom Gardner. So that's Wednesday's Investor Beat. Check it out. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on iTunes. It's, uh, it'll be on the main page of fool.com. Third quarter for Best Buy. Profit looked pretty good, but revenue was light. Uh, shares... Gosh, shares were down like nine, ten percent at one nine, point 10%. this morning. You know, I, I it just <laughs> this is this is amazing to me. It really is just I I find it categorically impossible that a company that just cannot make money is it warrants a thirteen point six billion dollar market cap and shares are up two hundred fifty percent on the year. I just think this is a race to the yeah. bottom. You know, you you got to ask yourself one question: Can markets and by mar- and I guess by markets I mean Amazon, Walmart, and Costco um, remain irrational longer than Best Buy can remain solvent? Don't we have to give a little bit of credit to the new CEO, though? I think so. He's not. He's Hubert not Jolie. No, 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 sure, sure. I, I mean, him he, he he went in there, cut costs, closed some underperforming mm-hmm. locations. Now, I'm not saying, as longtime <laughs> listeners will know, I'm not saying that all of that. I thought at the time would translate into it being going into Not today this, my God. the number one performing stock in the S and P five hundred. Let's just let that wash over you. Yeah, for a second. I had no idea up until yesterday. The number one performing stock in the S and P five hundred for twenty thirteen 
was Best Buy. So, so here's the irony of it all, though. They, they have a 1.4% operating margin this quarter. And they're targeting 5 or 6% operating margins long term. Now, let's go ahead and put that in perspective. That means that they think they are going to be able to do the sort of profitability that Walmart or Target does. And I just don't understand that. I mean, the, the idea here is to marry their real estate footprint, traffic, and an online platform to something akin to you know what the best positioned retailers have done to really use that distribution. And I don't think they're going to be able to beat online retailers or the likes of Walmart, Target, Costco on price. So, you know, why why does this company need to remain? Why is it relevant? Well, we've talked about Marissa Mayer having an amazing rookie season mm-hmm. as CEO of Yahoo. I think Hubert Jolie is right, at least in terms of the stock performance, he's had an amazing first year. Of course, to Mike's point, Year two just gets a whole lot tougher. Yeah, it really does. And especially when you listen to the way they're talking about the holiday season. I mean, they're talking about expanding margins. It's certainly not going to happen in the fourth quarter. Um, Walmart has their price match guarantee with the electronics and toys. And that drives right at what Best Buy is trying to do. So they even came out and said that they expect margins to shrink a little bit, 06 to 0.7% in the fourth quarter. So Obviously, that 5% isn't going to be achieved in the next three months. Um, <laughs> Do you think Jeff Bezos is just – he's just sitting there with this like evil smile on his face as he watches the stock and listens to this conference call? Because you know he is. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe he gets involved with Best Buy. I mean, their, sale, their internet sales were up, which is surprising for a traditional brick-and-mortar store. I personally haven't been into a Best Buy in a long time, but apparently people are saying it's cleaner, the employees are more friendly. So I think that's really where the turnaround has come from, the top. Also, with the around $500 million in in recurring expenses that he's been able to cut out of the business with a little bit more expected in the next few months. But uh, yeah, the turnaround's been great. Is it sustainable? Uh, There are some big question marks. Although I will go back to... Home Depot. I have been in a Best Buy recently, and I can attest to that. At least the one I've been to, mm-hmm. where the when they were doing the renovation, I remember thinking at the time, you know what, you're kidding yourself. Right. And it it actually has worked out. It's a it's a much better customer experience. And I think you see that at Home Depot. I think that's I think that's not uncommon for companies that are delivering retail companies that are really delivering on what they're trying to do for customers. I, it's no surprise that. A key component to that is having staff who mm-hmm. know what they're doing, who are helpful. They're not bugging you. They can answer your questions. Right. I walk into Home Depot, and I'm one of those people who I can screw in a light bulb, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I like going there is I know I'm always going to find someone who will be patient and answer yeah, my they'll questions. They'll show you exactly what you need to know. You yeah. know, there, There's one fundamental difference here, though, which is that when you're talking about hard lines for home improvement, you aren't ordering that stuff off the net. And so the extent to which a Home Depot can be disintermediated, disintermediated, mediated on that front and lose their cost leadership or you know what advantages they have from distribution incrementally less now best buy the vast majority of their wares i don't understand why you can't take that online what's one gadget you're hoping for this holiday season we'll just wrap up with that taylor uh, I'm I'm gadgeted out at the moment. I can't really think. Maybe uh, some kind of wireless sound system for uh, that I can stream from my iPad. I like the Bose that the, that Bose competes with Jambox, but I like. I'm not sure of the exact name of this system, but it's about the size of an iPad, and uh, it really it really jams. Mike, 
you know, I, I, I think life has been just too good to me because I, <laughs> I, I can't figure out what I want. That or I'm just such a minimalist. We'll go ahead and we'll, we'll say that's it. I think the, for me, the combination of uh, the age of my television and the fact that as I age myself, my vision is going, I think it might be time to upgrade the TV. Where, where are you going to look for it, though? Where? I'm going to look at a variety of locations, and Best Buy will be one of them. Okay. Well, hey, Walmart's selling uh, that TV 32-inch for 98 bucks, so $3 an inch. No, i got to get bigger than that. <laughs> i got to get bigger than that. My, my, my eyesight's going. <laughs> uh, for that 60. Yeah, exactly. Mike Olson, Taylor Ruckerman. Guys, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Rick Engdahl. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.